Thank you so much for listening to Catacomb Party. You did it. You're here. They did it. Woo. The first ever podcast about Dungeons and Dragons. We are pioneers and you're along for the ride. It's amazing. It's not easy coming up with a 100% completely original idea that's never been done before like this, but I think we did well. We're so, so thankful that you're listening to the show. And we realized after the fact that we didn't do a very good job of setting up who the people are that make it. We'll leave the main episodes to the action, the adventure, the story. You know, we'll keep those episodes really narratively focused and game play focused and then just pop in here from time to time to um, give you a chance to get to know us a little bit better behind the screen so to speak and if that's not your bag you can just skip them so i thought we'd start first with some introductions and then maybe dig into the world a little bit so i'll go first my name is mathar i am the dungeon master for this campaign and i've been playing DD for about four years i think but i have i feel like it has permeated so many parts of my life since i was a child i grew up in the satanic panic era of this game in the, in the mid late 80s early 90s when you know Christian parents like mine wouldn't let me come within a mile of anything that seemed like it would lead me down the path of evil. But nevertheless, Satan got into my heart and here I am. <laughs> so <laughs> here I am. I, uh, I feel like the culture surrounding, you know, high fantasy role-playing games has just influenced so many aspects of my life. And so over the last like 10 years, I've gotten really deep into the idea of role-playing and also coincidentally gotten deep into making podcasts. So that's it for me. I'll hand it off to, let's go in the order that we went in the session. How about Josh? Hey, I am Josh. I play Walker. Uh, Walker is a Triton fighter. Uh, I've been playing D&D for maybe a lot of years. Oh God, it's been a while. Um, I, and, uh, that too. I was like, Oh my God, like almost a decade. I, I play, I DM, I, this is a podcast and yeah, I'm super excited for this whole story to unfold for you guys. And I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed making it. My name is PJ. I play Leo, the Warforged Artificer, and I'm just having such a fun time. Wow. <laughs> I'm having such a great time with this. Look at you having a good time over there. Yeah. I've played several campaigns, mostly through Pathfinder. And uh, it's where I started. It's where I started. Me too. This is, this is the first of Warforged and the first of Artificer. Not even just me playing it, but being included in any of the games that I've played. So it's been a, a real... Interesting, fun time navigating that that new terrain for me. Next in the order is LNL. Leslie. Hello, everybody. My name is Leslie, and I play Elanil, the Wood Elf Ranger. I'm just not going to say the last name because I panic <laughs> that in a second. <laughs> You'll Valen. see us constantly switching how the last name is. That uh, is a little family. thing but... that we're going to have to address at some point, but we cannot quite get the pronunciation Do we confirm it of that in this name. roundtable? It's Valen. It's Valen. We've said it many times. It's Valen. You said it like that in the first episode. Yeah. And then immediately in the second episode, changed. you changed it to Valen. Yeah. <laughs> I got confused. I and we had a whole moment. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So <laughs> my name is uh, Leslie and I play Elanil Valen. There we go. Uh, the wood elf ranger of the group. And 
I have been playing D&D the same amount of time that Josh has. My first campaign was with my older brother. He just came up to us and was like, hey, you know what? I heard about this thing called D&D, and I really want to try it out. Do you guys want to play? And we're like, you know, it sounds kind of nerdy, but like, let's dive in. And then here we are, <laughs> like six years later. <laughs> was that your gateway nerdy drug? Are, are you saying that in a way that like we, we you were, weren't really into nerdy stuff at the time? We were I've never known you but not this is to like be... passing the threshold. Like this is like oh, crossing into no, the point of no return. Yeah. So now you know who you're dealing with over here. Uh, Crossland. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Crossland or Cross referred to multiple ways throughout any any or all of the episodes, I really don't care. Either works. Um, and my character is the future, which is only slightly confusing considering it is both a sort of religious group, a institution instead of the government, and everyone's name of whom is a member of the future. F, F is a monk, half-elf, specifically mark of detection. There's a little bit of magical detection within them. And I've been playing D&D... I think I didn't know this, but I've been playing D&D the longest because I've been playing since I was like 14. I played 3.5 in high school with a couple of friends. So now you know who we are. You can put a voice to the the, the character name and, and our names and all that. But those introductions out of the way, you know who we are. When you hear us in game and world, you'll be able to hopefully differentiate between us. So now I thought I would just give a quick overview of the world. So when we started putting this world together, we talked about the idea, the premise of it being a post-apocalyptic campaign. And I think everybody was pretty on board with that. I, I feel like it was described as, what, what was it? It was like um, Onward meets like Fallout. So it's a world in which magic has gone away and then something bad happens and we're left to pick up the pieces, but now magic is coming back. So it was designed to be kind of a weird mix of like low magic, dystopian future type stuff. And then you have high magic heroes coming into a world that's maybe not ready for it. So that was the initial pitch. And then we decided that building out the setting, the initial like town that you'd all be from was a good first step in building this world. And so we, I was going to use a game called Ex Novo. It's published by a company called Shark Bomb. And it's like a city building game. Like you take turns and everybody gets to add something. It's a little more mechanical, not as much of a narratively driven like type of um, a type of setup. And the Adventure Zone actually published their new season and they were using a system called The Quiet Year, which is very much the same idea. You're building a settlement together, but it's super narratively driven. And you just use a deck of 52 cards and you pull from them and you build the world together turn by turn. And so I modded that a little bit into a game we called The Quiet Era, in which our game took the place took place over the course of like five years. And you guys founded a settlement and we decided who all the factions were and, and built up the walls. And then from that session, I essentially built the campaign for you guys just out of all of the things you created. So everything that you as a listener hear in the game, all of the factions that exist and, and a lot of the details are inspired by decisions that, that we all made as a group in that early session. Um, and so I felt like I came into this like fully knowing what Vesper was and, and who all of you were and the communities that you were all from and how that fit together in a way that I don't think I could have known with only a few weeks of prep time Otherwise, you know, like I, I've never prepped a, a campaign 
in a month, much less gotten ready for like a podcast. So it was a whirlwind. It was super fun. And I think it made for a really killer start to this adventure. I felt like it was such a cool, satisfying way to start a campaign, just being involved in the world creation before actually creating a character. You have like really unique session zeros a lot of the time with my experience with like DMs and things like that, but that didn't even approach the way that like this session really broke out the world and game and felt very collaborative and interesting. And like, even, even we, we had kind of had like a pre episode zero and had had conversations and I had preconceptions about what I was planning to do for like a character and things like that. And that was absolutely blown up by our session zero. It was pretty much the first time we all started talking, like hanging out, right? Because Josh and I didn't know Cross and PJ. So it was like a test run, like, hey, can we vibe together? And we easily meshed. And it was such a cool experience to start a session zero with a world. Yeah, I mean, Leslie, you know, we saw Cross and PJ's vibe or from across the bar and we liked their vibe. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You're in a crowded tavern yeah. and the bard is playing a particularly emo selection and you guys all ended up like nodding your head and <laughs> yeah. swooping your bangs out at the same time. It was quite romantic. <laughs> no, funny enough, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to anybody but Mathar. Um, I had a lot of fun making the world and then it came time to make a character and like all my ideas were blown up by that world. And I was like, I just don't know. I'm not feeling like inspired on any of these things. And I was like actually in a weird downward spiral before we started. And then it was the like the one thing that was kind of left very unanswered. I mean, there were a couple of things, but from that world building, I was like, well, where did the tunnels come from? I could be a fish boy. And then from there, like the immediate swap from like feeling crushed under the weight of the world we built to like immediately just like, I can do anything. And it was so exciting to find where I fit in in it. And it was very worth it. What is Tales of Kana? Tales of Kana tells the story of a small seaside town called Vesper. And it is at this point what we know as the last vestige of mortal kind. A civilization of people who call themselves Kana survived a great calamity they call the first wave. And then they survived the war that followed as the chaos of the wave enveloped everyone's hearts. They went underground. 400 years later, they founded the town of Vesper on an island off the Eastern Sea, and they soon discovered that they weren't alone. And that's where the Tritons came in. They had built the tunnels below this town that they were building on the surface. And just as they were trying to sort through how to make heads and tails of you know, what space belongs to who, who was there first, the second wave hits. And this is 400 years after the first one. That same calamity happens again, only at a smaller scale, but it causes a small civil war between these people. Our story is taking place 100 years after that, the first centennial of this little settlement uh, in a world in which they've known nobody else but themselves. None of them remember what happened before the war, the first wave. And so we're slowly unraveling the mystery of what lies beyond this city and uh, what place they each have in it. Uh, there's a lot of levels to Vesper, and I kind of forget what they all are. Like, would you be able to say those all again for me and the listeners at home? The city is broken up into five distinct layers. You have the surface ward, which is where all of the more affluent members of the society live. They were the first to get there. They were the first to stake their claim. 
the builders live up there. They built the entire city. The scouts, who were our main defense, uh, the future, who saw the coming of the second wave and, and heralded its arrival uh, in time to help preserve this society and, and thus cemented their place on the council. The only people missing from that area are the dwellers who are few in number and live cloistered in, in the mountains of, of the island, and the public who have an elected representative who speaks for them at, at the council. So yeah, that's the first ward. And then below that, you have the slats, and those are all the affluent people who aren't you know main figureheads of the community. So all the other people who are just a little bit more privileged. And below that, you go into the commons. The commons is mostly made up of businesses, um, some homes, but you have kind of like upper and lower commons. It's like the blending of, you know, the poorer folk with the more privileged folk. And that is sort of the marketplace in between. So the commons is bars and shops and, and trading and places to play chess and smoke and just watch the sunset, whatever. And then below that, you have the burrows, and that's where it's the biggest ward and it's where most of the population lives. They're underprivileged. Probably the higher you live in the boroughs, the better off you are, the lower you are, the worse you are because you live right above the last ward, which is called the break, a dock that's protected from the open ocean. It's part of like a little fjord where the city sits and it's protected from the open ocean by a stone wall. It's fishy, it's salty, it's smelly. And if you live in the lower burrows, I mean, that is like your life. You just live like right on the docks of the water. And so that's kind of the layout of the city. And then if you dive down into the water that is part of the break, then you would reach, I guess it's a village of Osiria, which is like a small village or town that sits on the ocean floor at the base of the cliff that goes down into the water there. Yeah, yeah, it would sit down at the base and then kind of have tunnels that kind of go underwater into the side of the mountain there. Yeah, the lore is that the ocean level ocean levels receded and exposed those tunnels that your people had built and that's what gave Vesper their foothold here, right? And then you guys fought over those for a little bit and realized it wasn't really worth it and ended up finding common ground, opening trade and uh travel to and from uh either either place and kind of integrated your societies a little bit more. I feel like for the most part, the personalities of our characters pretty well get established in this first episode, but my character specifically gets a little bit more outspoken later on, mm -hmm. kind of had some redundancy and some personalities and I, without a whole lot of fanfare, decided to switch that up a little bit. So look out for that, I guess. Character growth. <laughs> Are you saying like in the first session you were feeling like you were playing up the awkwardness, like Leo's awkwardness too much? Or uh, Yeah, a little bit. I, I felt like between F and I, we kind of hit the same notes personality-wise. Oh, interesting. Very sheltered, very not well-spoken, not well-integrated into society. F is so well-integrated into society. What do you mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> they know everything about all of the things. I don't think F we established calling the future F in the first episode. No, you're right. We didn't. No, we didn't. I think it's like episode three. <laughs> yeah. You so know what? It makes sense, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah people a little sneak peek into the future. Yeah, a sneak peek into oh. the future, or the future, Whoa. or the future of the future. Whoa. You see, like it's one of those sentences where you can just say the same words over and over and over again, and it doesn't so mean get, anything. But yeah, get ready for this kind of long-winded nothingness. If you like the future, you're, you're gonna love this. <laughs> 
damn it. Um, you know, there there is like a lot of intentional ignorance on the future's part because of their upbringing and sort of what's going on there. So I think it's important to clarify because it is it does rub in a way in the first couple of episodes. And that is intentional so as to give a character somewhere to go, which is one of the most important things when you're role-playing a character or acting something, creating on the go. You have to create space for where you're going to go. And so F starts in a very, very ignorant, deep, dark place. I think it's interesting. The two characters probably have the most in common and are the most abrasive to one another for the most part <laughs> until until we really get to know Waka, that is. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> If we're pointing little things out about our characters, I think it's fair to say that like Walker's full devil may care assholeness is not like all there is to him. And I'm I'm excited to explore that as the show goes on. Leslie, did you know who Elanil was before this session or did you go into it? Kind of, I, I have a feeling like you went into it with a lot of questions about your character. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even landed on how to say my last name. So um. <laughs> <laughs> which one was it? How do you say it now? It's, it's, it's Valen. It's Villain? Valine. Yeah, we'll explore that. Valine. I like that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really do my homework on my character because I've been in so many campaigns. I was like, oh, well, now what am I going to do? And, uh, and then I put together this character and I'm still figuring her out sometimes. But I'm really happy to where she's ending up and her whole story and how it's shaping up. Like being part of the builders, having the one like, noble on that side and then we have the complete stark contrast of the future on the other it's we have kind of a little bit of everything in this group and i'm excited to see how we keep interacting and how we blend all these parts of the city together yeah you guys play your origins really really well like if you don't know crossland i really 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 excited because it does not it's not clear in the episode that crossland is not as awkward as f <laughs> <laughs> I remember that you you called me after I think we recorded session two, and you're like, mm -hmm. "Are you are you comfortable playing? Like, do you have questions? Are you are you are you like are you good? Um, do you, are you?" And I was like, "Yeah, no, I'm totally just playing it up." And you're like, "I can't believe it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was new for me, and I was really enjoying it, but it did take me a while to get used to. I have a question for everybody. We could totally cut this, but what's like one word or like just a thing? that hasn't happened yet, that you're the most excited for, but you got to say it in a way that gives zero information away. Okay. Interesting. What's one word that if people listen to this episode, five, 10 episodes from now, they're going to be like, oh, fuck, that's what they were talking about. Chalk. <laughs> Chalk. <laughs> Motherfucker. <Yeah. laughs> it definitely took me a minute. <laughs> okay. Chess. Okay. Chess, yeah. Okay. Hank. Oh, okay, 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 okay. This is weird for yes. somebody to listen to. Yes, this is weird to I listen think it's, to. I, think right. I this totally got it, but I do this think it's This is after the credits of yeah. this yeah, minisode? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I have I think the word. Key. I just have to remember what we said in that episode. Um, oh, shoot. If you get the area, yeah, I might be able to help. Was it, can, uh, yeah. was it a crate or a, a bundle? <laughs> or, or, it was a crate. How much? How much is a bushel? A bushel. A bushel. It had to be either a crate or a bushel. I think. 
the yeah. amount of content that is specifically around that particular phrase is over <laughs> 20 minutes. Oh, um, no. oh my God. Of which has been severely reduced. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing is we're trying to cut these episodes down to be digestible and yeah. we ain't good at making that job easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a completely different story before it's edited. <laughs> my word is echo. Ooh, okay. <sighs> Shivers. All right, so now you know who we are. Now you know a little bit more about the world, and we're super fucking happy you're here. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye now. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. It's typically what we do is we all just say bye at whatever, yeah. and then we'll, I'll just pick one of them, the best one. You have to harmonize. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get out. This has been an Atomic Pylon Media production. Get out. <laughs> I'm kind of like in Get Out. Get Out's growing on me. Like, <laughs> get out is pretty good. Um, get out. Get out. Get out of my office. Like just something like that. Like you're listening to Catacomb Party, and on behalf of all of us, uh, get the fuck out. Get the hell out of our office. <laughs> what are you still doing here? Go home. The movie's over. <laughs> Oh, my God.